All right, welcome back to part two. So I know we were talking about, um, you know, pharmaceuticals before, and I know this has affected your life in a lot of different ways. What do you think, what do you wish you'd known back then? Where do you think the core issues with this are and how, how can they be solved for people? How can people avoid going into these danger traps of some, not all, but some pharmaceuticals? Yeah, you hear a lot of people say like the doctors were saying that my kid was suffering from X, but I intuitively knew he or she was suffering from Y. You hear people say that the doctors told me that I needed this operation, but I knew that, for example, like my wife, she actually was having problems with her knees, right? And two different doctors said, you need an operation where we're going to shave some of the bone off your knee, right? So it doesn't rub together. Fortunately, one of my mates that I went to school with, he's like at the University of Southern California, USC. He's a professor in charge of kinesiology. He's brilliant. He's world renowned. Right? And I said, well, we're going to see my buddy. I haven't spoke to him in a year. And I said, hey, look, my, my, my gal, she's got this issue. He says, bring her up. And as we were watching her, he slept to me. He said, he's having her do exercise. He says, it's her hips. Her hips aren't strong enough, right? So he just got her to strengthen her hips. Boom, problem solved. The point of the matter is, is my wife, Rita, she knew. She knew mm. these doctors were wrong in spite of that. So speed the tape up to uh, psychotherapy, right, or psychiatry, right? It, my, my sister is a nurse. I think she's really a good nurse because even though my sister is younger than me, she's always been older than me in a lot of ways, right? And she said to me one day, she said, you need to watch out for that doctor who all of a sudden goes right to their, their, their prescription and starts writing. Watch out for that person, right? Let's get down to causes and conditions, right? Is it diet? Is it attitude? Is it rest? Is it stress? Right? What is it? But if they're just going to like, as, as Paul McCartney and John Lennon said, mother's little helper, right? You guys have heard of the Beatles, right? So anyhow, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so what ended up happening is, is that, you know, my, my first, you know, here's how it started with me, right? You know, I was always an alcoholic, but then there was times where I, I don't know that I'd be sober today, right? If it wasn't for opioids. And here's what I mean by that. It started, I had some sinus surgery in 1995, and they gave me a bottle of Vicodin. This was my first experience with pain pills, right? And I walked out, I started taking those pain pills, and all of a sudden I was thinking better, I was seeing better, I was dancing better, I was singing better, but I wasn't. <laughs> but I wasn't. I just <laughs> thought I was, right? And I just kept calling them up, and I said, hey, I need some more. Hey, I need some more. And the, I don't know, they just kept refilling it and refilling it, refilling it. And then it got to the point where uh, I, I literally found, like I went on vacation with my, my then wife on our honeymoon and I'm having the cab driver take me to pharmacies looking for pain pills. Every, every, everywhere we go, every, hey, it's the Caribbean. I can get it for free. And I didn't even realize about that behavior. But what happened was is that it just crept up on me. So the truth of the matter is, I believe that water is a great healer. I'm not saying drinking water is the, the thing that's going to solve you of all your things. <clears throat> but my intuition knew that the, my problems have always been spiritual. I've got a spiritual malady, right? And my mistake was that I actually tried a chemical solution to my spiritual problem. So what I'm going to say is kind of like when people say that I'm in therapy, 
right? I'm working with a therapist. The whole, my opinion, the whole idea about therapy is to fucking get out of therapy, right? You don't just live your life saying, well, I've got a perpetual appointment with my therapist because then you're an emotional cripple, right? And if, if some of your listeners are, are, are in therapy and they've been for a long time, I'm sorry, I'm not saying that to offend you, okay? It's just my opinion. The purpose of therapy is to get out of therapy and the purpose of any type of a medication is to take it until you're well and get up. Now, that's not the same thing as if you've got low iron or a bad liver or bad kidneys. Of course, you might have to take those for life, right? That's a physiological situation as opposed to a psychic, psychiatric or psychotropic situation, right? And I just don't believe the entire world is so crazy that everybody needs to be on psychotropic medication. I'm just, I, I just, I, I, I literally, it's, it's funny. And, and, and I, I want to, I want to say this. Okay. <clears throat> My words have the power to kill. Right. So I don't want someone listening out there saying, Oh, well, David James said, stop taking my medication. All right. I was in an AA meeting where when I was new, when, like way new, like 20 years ago, someone came in and said, Hey, uh, I'm taking this painkiller, but I'm also taking this. And some guy in the back just says, Hey, you got to get off all your medications. Well, that person went off his medications and he went home and he killed himself with a gun. All right. So the truth of the matter is, is that when it comes to getting off any type of psychotropic medications, do not do it without the direct supervision of the person who put you on them. Okay. Not your friend whose wife is a nurse, none of that bullshit. You got to go to the person who put you on to get off. But I just want to say that I'm not saying for you to get off of medications cold turkey. I'm just saying that, I believe that there's an inner voice within ourselves. And I think that our, our Western society, you know, the EU, North America, Australia, Hong Kong, these Western societies have created a culture where all we do is stress about money. We stress about our relationships. We stress about, do you have the right card? All that fucking bullshit that, that the, you know, the, the mind cries and the body suffers. So of course, Hey doc, I'm not feeling well. So I, I think my answer has been absolutely horrible to your question. They feel no, like not at all. Not okay. at all. Um, I, I think, again, there's a lot to it. And I think there's a lot of substance in, in your answers and what you say. And my experiences. This is not my opinion. Okay. Right. Fuck my opinion. What do you guys care about my opinion? Right. It's like, who cares? But these are my experiences as it relates to the things that you're talking about. When you're talking about introducing chemicals into the body, I can speak on my experience on that. Yeah, and same as you know, I I call Turkey to a benzodiazepine and and almost died from that, and I'm still recovering six years on, and I feel like ten years of my life was robbed from me from taking those drugs. I completely agree with you on the fact that I feel like a large percentage of people that are on these drugs do not need to be, but they're told they need to be, and they don't have the awareness to look into those other things. I was one of them. Is it nutrition? Do I just need a holiday? Do I just need to get some therapy? Is two months, three months of therapy through a previous trauma, dealing with a previous trauma, is that going to allow you to come out the other side? And these drugs is leading people down. And again, not all drugs. And like you, you know, I think it is important to give a disclaimer and say, we don't necessarily have the answers to every single drug out there. And that anyone listening to this should definitely do their due diligence and, and get expert advice. But that's also part of the problem here. I know people that did taper off a drug as per the advice of their medical practitioner and would taper off over something like eight days from a drug that should have been 
eight months and they ended up becoming very suicidal because of it. So I think it's a really tricky time for people right now in, in learning where to get that expertise from. And I think that goes back to the first point you made in your answer, which is having that intuition um, and listening to what you feel is best and then seeking different opinions. I think if I could go back in time and advise myself and my friends that I know have been injured by these drugs, it would be to get different opinions, do your research, don't necessarily listen to everything you see on the internet, but equally your doctor may not have all the answers when it comes to these drugs as well. And I think you have to get a broad perspective of ideas to then be able to make a decision based on what feels right for you. I am psychotropic. And the guy said to me, I'm a psychologist. Do you want to work your issue out in therapy or you want to go and see the psychiatrist? I said, I don't want to talk to you. I want the prescription, right? So I was going. So, so really think about introducing a chemical to your body to fix the way you feel, right? That, that's hard, especially if you're already stressed. Number two, I remember, you know, having numerously been, <laughs> so, so, handcuffs are society's way of saying that they don't agree with David's behavior, okay? And so I've been booked into jails more than once and they're always asking me the question, are you coming off drugs? Yes or no? Are you coming off alcohol? Yes or no? The reason they ask that question, if you're coming off drugs, if you're coming off heroin, if you're coming off cocaine, if you're coming off methamphetamine, they'll put you in a cell and they'll let you rot. You'll go crazy. You'll be bouncing off the walls. You'll be in pain. They don't care, right? But they'll let you rot. But you want to know something? You're not going to die. You're going to wish you were dead by the way you're feeling, right? But you're not going to die. But if you are actually coming off of a benzo or off alcohol, they say, are you coming off of alcohol, right? They, they would send you like to a hospital, possibly for a medical detox. So if, you, if you're a copious drinker and you're trying to detox yourself, you could, you could actually have a seizure and die, right? So the thing about it is, is understand that if you're going to get off something, right, then there might be a physical ramification of you making that choice that you can't undo, Right. The third thing is, is that I learned when I was was fighting to get off psychotropics. I wasn't quite sober yet, right? But I was just so fucking depressed, right, from being getting off the psychotropics. <clears throat> what was suggested to me was that I drink copious amounts of water, and nobody wants to hear that. But stop drinking soda, stop drinking beer, stop drinking. You know, I'm not going to say stop drinking coffee because that's that's a bad idea. You should not stop drinking coffee. <laughs> you shouldn't. Um, but you shouldn't be drinking any calories. You should be drinking water. And the second thing is fish oil, salmon oil, right? A thousand milligram tablets, right? Taking, taking 3000 milligrams of, of salmon three times a day. If you do that for 90 days, you, you will recover remarkably because what salmon is, it's, it's the, it's the magic brain food. And what it does is it actually, uh, it produces omega-3s and omega-6s, which are the things that are actually responsible for euphoria. And when you're on psychotropics or benzos, as uh, Emma was talking about, you know, you eat away at those things. So anyhow, and, and nobody's going to like go, go to, go to the, the, the emergency room because they took too much salmon oil or too much water. So I feel comfortable making that suggestion. Sorry, I, I cut you off. No, no, no. That's great. Um, it's, it's, it's funny how things out there can really help people. You know, somebody out there could try exactly what you said for three months and avoid yeah. going on a benzo. And, it, and the same with water, the same with exercise. Um, one thing that really helped me was just like, and I'm still working on it, but trying to become a morning person and just seeing the sunrise, just having that connection to nature, seeing the whole day ahead of you. 
kind of a moron for a musician, right? I mean, you guys are like rolling in at 4 a.m., right? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's been a while since I've done that. But yeah, I mean, um, I think having structure, but basically going to what you were saying, we live in a fast food society. And I think these drugs are given out as a fast food, quote, solution to many of the things that we all experience through being human, being human, being alive is not easy. And then, oh, suddenly there's a magic pill that's going to fix it all. It's alluring to a lot of people and it's alluring from a profit perspective on the other side of the fence. But the risks involved, and this is one of the key issues, is there isn't informed consent. I didn't know. I don't think you knew the risks. Um, And many people just aren't being told the risks involved with these. And yeah, that's kind of of my mission. I didn't care. See, I'm even worse than, than, than misinformed. I didn't care. It's like a bag of glass, give it to me, I'll eat it. I mean, because <laughs> I was just crazy. Crazy. But still, you should have been you should have been told, even if you, you know, you're gonna pay more attention to the risks. I wouldn't have listened. Uh, just where I was. So where was that switch for you? Like I'm assuming now if somebody offered you those drugs, you would be more concerned about the risks. It's, it's well, number thing. It's like, there's no one who would answer, offer me those drugs. Cause I'm never around people that would do that. I just, I'm just not, I just, I changed all my playgrounds, all my playmates. Right. So, and spiritually, you know, I'm just, I'm resonating in a different vibration where people who are resonating at that lower frequency, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to be up where I am. Right. But if you, if you had to go to the doctors or you ended up in hospital because you hurt your finger or something, right. And a doctor offered you something like that. What would you say to them now? Oh, if yeah. they offered you Let's, that? Talk about that. Let's talk about that specifically. So it was uh, the day before Thanksgiving. I actually had tripped in the lobby of a hotel and I fractured my leg, my, my tibia, my left leg. And I, I go to hospital and, you know, they wrap it up. I go to another hospital and they wrap it again. And I go to numerous doctors. And finally, what ended up happening is I was, uh, I was put in a cast, but I was given, I was given pain pills, right? I was given Vicodin. I was given the exact thing I went on. And I literally, my, my, my AA sponsor, who's his sponsor, right? Dr. Tom, he's an anesthesiologist. He, he gives out medication for a living, he literally sat there in my house, right? And I'm like, I'm crying in pain. He's literally saying to me, you have to take, you have to take this. He says, it's going to help. It's going to affect the healing, the physiological healing, your mental state. You've got to take this pain pill. And I finally just said, fuck it. And I started taking, I'm going to tell you, it wasn't the same effect, right? Because the receptor was actually going to actual pain as opposed to like creating a, a fake euphoria in the brain. So the truth of the matter is I remember taking this medication thinking, this is it. My life is over. My life is over. And when this is done, I'm going to go back to like lying to doctors, trying to get pain pills again, like I was. And the truth of the matter is, is because I have these new habits. I've got a different spiritual foundation. I've got a maintenance of my spiritual uh, condition that I do every day that when there were, I didn't even finish them all. I said to my wife, I said, you can flush these. Right. And then we went on. So, you know, the truth of the matter is, if you're in pain, if you if you've got a pain ailment, then I don't know. That's between you and your doctor and your God. Right. I mean, I, there are people that suffer from chronic pain because there's that fucking fine line between I'm in pain to I'm, I'm a slave to the medicine. Mm-hmm. I, I just I don't 
time when people have chronic pain and they're trying to stay sober, I usually say goodbye to them because the opium is going to work better at doing what it wants to do than you are in balancing the dragon. But as far as me specifically concerned, it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have anything to do with anybody saying, you know, marijuana is legal in many states and California is one of them. I'm talking recreational gear, food, weed, whatever you call it in the UK. I see all those movies, right? Guy Ritchie, Top Boy, food. I didn't know you called it food, right? Weed, gear, right? But but in the United States, you can like literally go into a lounge and buy marijuana and smoke it there in, in, in some states. And I don't have anything to do. I don't go into those places. I don't have anything to do with people that go into those places. And it's like I was getting massage on, on holiday with my wife a few days ago. And she said to me, she said, hey, we're going to put the CBD on your leg. I said, no, you're not. So I just, I protect my sobriety like pretty stringently. I don't go to bars, right? I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not going where, where people are indulging that behavior. Yeah, and I think that's an important takeaway for anyone listening is, is creating and then setting, or rather setting and sticking to your own boundaries. And they are not the same for everybody. There are people out there that might benefit from painkillers. There are people out there that might get addicted to them or dependent on them. There are people that, have had no issues with benzos and there are people that have died because of benzos. So it's, it's really about knowing yourself, understanding all the factors involved with these drugs and, and not just with drugs, not just with pharmaceuticals, but with health in general, what is it that's holding you back? What is it that's making you well? And we can only figure that out for ourselves through our own discovery process. But I think it helps um, learning from other people and having the awareness around it. So uh, my penultimate question for you is uh, you talked about sort of your spiritual routine. Does that tie into something that I've seen written on, on one of your online profiles about life force? And if I, you know, I can feel it from you and I've, I've felt this with other people that I've met in my life where you just get, you just get a sense that they have this, this sort of spiritual energy that's, that's kind of enigmatic. Can you just touch a little bit more on that as to what it is for you, how you think you've, develop that and how you keep it healthy I suppose yeah well I mean I've always been that guy right you know the life of the party the person that's going to start the start the fight right with the opposing fans the team I've always been that guy so I'm just as as was described to me David James you've always taken a big drink out of a cup of life that's true um you know, but I mean, I could have probably been like the best bank robber there ever was. And, you know, lucky, lucky that the, the spirit touched my soul in such a way that it actually grounded me quickly. Right. Before I actually used my my powers for bad as opposed to powers for good. And the most important thing in my life right now is helping other alcoholics find recovery if they want it. And there's two two things. And there might be some people, you know, if if your audience actually has an interest in this topic, and this is the thing that you guys speak on, there are probably people that have actually uh, been Alcoholics Anonymous and didn't get it or didn't like it, et cetera, et cetera. And that's okay. That's okay because the, for the longest time, I just said, I'll do anything except go to AA. I fucking hated those motherfuckers, right? <clears throat> but the key is, it's like people have said to me, what is the key for getting sober? The key for getting sober is desperation you've got to have the gift of absolute desperation and so the next key is well what's the key to staying sober and this ties into what you were saying the key to staying sober 
is desperation. You got to stay desperate, right? And basically the truth is I had someone say, yeah, you, you, you used to be a drug addict and alcoholic. I said, no, I actually, I'm still am, right? Because if you add, introduce alcohol or drug to my, my nervous system, I'm just going to go right back to becoming Jim Carrey from The Mask. I mean, I'm just, I just go that crazy that quickly. So the truth is the key for me is stay desperate every day. And that ties into what I think you said before about your why, having, having that why, and that ties into the desperation. The desperations make that why a reality, right? Right. But, you know, the thing is, if you can go to the other side, right, and, and, and I, I, I tout the, the – I think the only reason that, that people in Alcoholics Anonymous actually get happy and work the steps is because they ran their life in such a way that they're just so fucking miserable that they, they lost their wife, they lost their job, they lost their car, they lost their house, they lost their, 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 their reputation, they lost their self-esteem, they've lost it all. So basically you got to try these stupid steps. Right. It's like coloring in a children's book. It's really that simple, but everybody has contempt for it before they've actually done it. But mm. if you actually do it with correct vigor, all of a sudden there's this mysticism that happens. Mm. I can't describe it. Most people will poo-poo it and don't do it. And I was one of them. So the thing about it is, is that just think about a desperation. But if you do that, then all of a sudden you get transcended to, to as it says in the the book about Paul Thomas, you're rocketed into the fourth dimension. And I didn't mean this. I didn't mean for this chat to be like a commercial for AA. I'm just, it's, it, I fought it for so long. And then I would run into people who said, well, I found AA was the only way I could get sober. It's like, fuck you. I, mean, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm shopping for the answer I want. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but the thing is, is that in spite of all that I've been through, Right. I, I speak on, I speak openly about it. It's like, well, what are, well, you can't talk about that. What about what people are going to think about you? Well, people think about me is none of my business. Right. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I can't control what Emma thinks about me. Just like Emma can't control what I think about Emma. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you know, we spend a lot of time trying to like play nice and dress up and you know, maintain an image. And, you know, the Bible as a metaphor says, what is a man to gain the world? Only his soul to pay. Right. So so you asked me kind of like, what would I change? I wouldn't change any of it because A, I can't. And B, every one of those lessons was needed to bring me here on the sixth day of July, the 2022nd day of our Lord here in the age of Aquarius in our information age. <laughs> that was the best summary of a date ever. Um, and for anyone that's listening to this that might be interested, and I know you said you didn't mean to take this into a direction of AA, but you just never know who's who's listening. And I think is I this I'm not speaking for AA. I'm only speaking sure. for me. But for me, but, and for me, that's all. But none, nonetheless, I I think there may well be people that listen to this that maybe resonate. Um, is there anywhere they can? connect with the places that you feel have helped or any any signposts that you could give people basically can we drop some links so if anybody wants to talk to me you can always call me all right so basically you find me on linkedin i'm i'm david james i'm the, the crypto recruiter right i've got a podcast a bit about crypto with david james so emma will tell you where to find me if that's not uh feasible for you or you just don't want to <laughs> and you want to go straight to AA, uh, you go, you, you Google Alcoholics Anonymous and you put your country in your city. 
and boom. And here's here's the funny thing about AA. AA is bigger than the mafia. There's people everywhere, and all they want to do is help you. I remember one time I flew back to Pennsylvania. It's like on you know three thousand miles away from where I live, and I didn't have a car, and I was new in sobriety. And so I called the AA office and I said, hey, where's the meeting? And he says, oh, it's about 25 miles away. And I went, oh, yeah, I can't get there. And somebody else called me back from that exact same office to say, we got a guy who's going to come pick you up and take you to the meetings, right? So that's that's the fellowship of AA. You know, not, wow. no, one, no one's looking for sex. No one's looking for money. You know, they just, they just want to help you. So if you really are sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're at that juncture in your life and you want that kind of help, then pick up the phone, call Alcoholics Anonymous and say, I need this. There will be people on the other end. We Our 12th step, right, of the 12 steps is to actually do this thing. We get reinforced. We get paid from spirit by helping others. So mm. if you got the courage and the desperation to ask for it, there'll be someone on the other end. Yeah, and that, you know, that applies to anyone who, who isn't looking specifically for AA but is looking for help. It's about reaching out. It's about finding the people that, that can help you. That's right. Like the suicide prevention hotline. Like, you know, I, there, there's, a, there's a lot of like veterans. They've got issues, right? you you got to be desperate. And so it's like this. You can't save your face and your ass at the same time. You've got to pick one. All right. And if you're ready to save your ass, you will take that next educated step. And you will not care what people think of you to get the help that you need, whatever it is. Yeah. Final question to sum up three pieces of life advice to give to anyone listening mm. number one listen to your body just listen mm. to your body all right that that that's that's number one so you know i golf and sometimes it's like yeah i'm gonna play tomorrow in my arms so it's like <laughs> eh, i don't play but i'm older but but listen to your body in the context to what we said over the the last two episodes number number two is don't be a slave okay and what i'm talking about You'd be a slave to nicotine. You'd be a slave to sugar. You'd be a slave to a boss. You'd be a slave to a girlfriend or a boyfriend or to a parent that you no longer live with, right? Or you know, don't be a slave. And only you know how to disenslave yourself from things. Like for for me, uh, you know, I stopped doing that thing was making me a slave. Right? I stopped drinking that. I stopped drinking monster. Right? So now I I actually I'm no longer a slave to alcohol. No longer slave to drugs. I, there's a neutrality. There's a neutrality that I have. So don't be a slave. And, you know, and, and number three is take an action that gets you closer to that your version of freedom every day. You know, there are things that I think about every day. And uh, so remember, if there's something you think about every day, then never give up on it and do something that's going to put you that much closer to it. I love all three things. and I, I think a lot of people are going to find a lot of value from that. So um, David, thank you so much for your honesty, your openness, um, just everything you shared and, and for your time. I really appreciate it, as I'm sure everyone listening to this does. Um, thank you. Glad to be of service.